Open your Bibles this morning to the second chapter of Mark, page 837. One thing I forgot to tell you about Brother Kevin this morning is that he recently moved here from Ohio, so he, God has at least shown him the error of his way and brought him to a better state. That's right. I'm going to begin reading in the 18th verse of Mark chapter 2. We're going to read three stories that are strung together by Mark, spilling into the third chapter. So you follow along as we begin reading in the 18th verse of Mark chapter 2. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And people came and said to Jesus, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast? But your disciples do not fast. Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it. The new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now continuing in chapter 3. Again, Jesus entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal the man on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good? or to do harm, to save life, or to kill. But they were silent. Jesus looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, and he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Blessed are those who hear it. And obey it. This morning we're going to continue looking at Mark's gospel to find out what is the gospel. The beginning of chapter 1, Mark told us this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we want to make sure that what we preach is truly the gospel. That we get the right message from God's word. So we've been looking at this for the last few weeks 
We want to pay close attention and jot some things down this morning because I'm really going to tell you the heart of the gospel this morning. And you're going to want to know this because this is what we share with other people when we witness. If you were to ask the average person, what is Christianity? What does it mean to be a Christian? The one word that I think would come up most would be rules. That's what most people think. Follow God's rules, be a good person, and you'll go to heaven. To most people, that's what Christianity is. It's about rules. Rules about all the fun stuff that we want to do, but God says we can't. Rules about all the stuff that we have to do, but we really don't want to, like go to church. And God's got his finger on the button. And he's just waiting to push that button and send you to hell. So you better keep the rules. One of the first things that people ask often when they come into the church or when they talk about becoming a Christian, what do I have to do? What are the rules? This debate on what people have to do as Christians goes all the way back to the early church. In the book of Acts, they were struggling with what do we tell people they have to do? Well, one of the primary missions of Jesus was to show us how to get into the kingdom of God. So with that in mind, let's look at these three stories this morning, just very briefly. What can we learn from them? In the first story, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, were complaining because Jesus' disciples weren't fasting. The Pharisees would go two days a week without eating. Some of us could probably stand to do some more fasting, wouldn't we? But they weren't doing it for for health reasons. They were doing it for religious reasons. They were going two whole days without eating, and they were looking at Jesus' disciples and saying, well, how come they're not doing it? Jesus' answer is classic. He says, well, why in the world would they be fasting when the bridegroom is with them? He said, now is the time to celebrate. Now is the time to be happy. Now is not the time to be fasting. Why would you fast now? In other words, the kingdom of God has come through the person of Jesus. Let's celebrate. The gospel brings joy into our lives. And that's one of the key things that I think we're missing today because we're so focused on rules, we're missing out on the joy that we're supposed to have. Too often, too often, we're finding joy in things other than God. We find more joy in things that are going opposite from God. And that's not good. But one thing we know for sure, rules do not bring joy into our lives. When was the last time somebody standing around telling you that you were breaking some rule made you joyful? 
people standing around telling us that we failed to do what we were supposed to do. Now, I do believe that that brings joy to them because they like pointing out where we're wrong, but it certainly doesn't bring joy to us. But when we think about what Jesus is teaching here, Jesus is teaching us that God is creating something new. And that's where that whole thing there about the wineskins comes in. In that day, they would put wine into animal skins. And as the wine would begin to ferment, it would give off, what is it, carbon dioxide? And the skins would begin to swell. Which if you have a new skin, that's fine. Because it's still pliable. But over time, as those wine skins have expanded, they lose all the stretch. And so if you put new wine in an old wineskin that's lost its elasticity, it's going to break. Jesus is saying God is trying to do something new here. And all this old legalism of the Pharisees is not going to cut it. He said the same is true with the patch. He said you don't put a piece of cloth, a new piece of cloth, on an old piece of cloth to cover up a hole. Because when that new piece begins to shrink, it's going to pull away from the garment, and make the hole even bigger. We've got to make room for what God is trying to do. And this is one of the problems with rules. Rules are so rigid. You've got to keep doing it. Why? Well, that's the way we've always done it. Have you ever found yourself doing something and you don't even know why, but that's just always the way I've done it. Rules have a way of stifling us To the point where we miss out on what God is trying to do. The kingdom is about joy and something new and exciting. In chapter 3 and verse 5, in that story, we're told that Jesus looked around on the people with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart. You see, God wants to take our old, hard, legalistic hearts and make them soft. And that is the good news of God, that we can have a soft heart. That we won't be so calloused. And God even wants to get in there and get us to the point where we hate our old, hard But we have to make room for that. That means that our minds have to be stretched. We have to stretch our thinking. You see, God doesn't want to just take a drunk and give him more rules. Don't drink. Don't drink is simply a rule that's imposed from the outside on the same old person. But with Christ, God wants us to see becoming a whole new person. Someone who doesn't drink because he doesn't want to drink. Not because there's some rule that tells him he can't drink. Third, in these stories, we see that we are to put people above legalism. In the second story, Jesus' disciples were hungry one day and they were going through the fields and they were picking grain so they could eat. Do you know why? Because they were hungry. 
And the religious leaders, the Pharisees, who seem like they have their little notepad running around trying to write down what rules were broken, they said, um, they're doing something on the Sabbath. They shouldn't be doing that. The religious fuddy-duddies would have preferred that the disciples stay hungry rather than have them get some food. As if God was in heaven saying, I would rather them be hungry than get some food. Rules have a way of becoming so legalistic that we lose sight of people. In the third story that we read this morning, we have this guy with a crippled hand who's in the synagogue when Jesus is there. And the people are just, they've got their pens out, their paper, they're just ready for Jesus to healing. They're watching, will he do it? And Jesus does. You see, but they would have preferred that Jesus not heal him. In their mind, this man with the crippled hand going home with the same crippled hand, they were fine with that. As long as Jesus didn't do this on the Sabbath day. What is wrong with us that we would rather have some rule kept than people be helped? And Jesus said, you've got it backwards here. The Sabbath was created for man. Man wasn't created for the Sabbath. You're missing the point. And Jesus is upset because of their hard hearts that some rule on a piece of paper is more important than a person. You see, we don't need more rules heaped on us. Rules are not good news. What is the gospel? Well, I can tell you this morning the gospel is not about rules. The gospel is not, you better keep these rules or you're going to hell. Well, if the gospel isn't about rules, what is it? Now, this is where you want to get your pencil and paper out. So I'm going to give you a couple of things here. What is the gospel? This is what you want to share with people when you tell them about Jesus. So let me clearly explain it. When we talk about rules, so often we think in terms of, I've got to keep these rules so I can be good enough to get to God. That's what most people think. Keep rules, you'll be good enough, and God will accept you. That is not the gospel. The gospel, number one, is about a relationship, not rules. Get that down. If we get to focusing so much on the do's and the don'ts, what we have to do for God, what we can't do because of God, if we're not thinking about our relationship with God, that isn't the gospel. What we do, we are to do because we love God, not because we want God to love us. The gospel is about relationship, not rules. Number two, the gospel is about God doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. That's why we sang this morning, 
not because of who we are, but because of what He's done. Who am I? Who are you? We are rule breakers. And if we focus on ourselves and what we have done, we will miss it because we're rule breakers. Jesus opens the door of heaven for us because He keeps the rules for us. Why? Because we couldn't keep the rules ourselves. And that's why it's good news. We can't get to heaven by keeping rules. None of us is good enough to get to heaven on our own by keeping rules. Number three, the gospel is about love. It's not about legalism. The gospel is not about running around beating people over the head and telling them about the rules that they've got to keep. Our motivation when it comes to rules is completely different when we're in a relationship with God. Our motivation changes. We keep the rules because of love, not because of fear. The Bible teaches us that perfect love casts out fear. I have atheist friends who tell me, well, the only reason you do what God wants is because you're afraid he's going to send you to hell. I don't have to be afraid of hell to do what's right. Only problem is, what they're saying is simply not true. We don't follow Christ because of fear of hell. We follow Christ because of love. Because of what he's done for us. You see, the problem we have today is what we've been peddling is something other than the good news. And then we wonder why people aren't jumping at the offer. Now some of you, I know who you are too, by the way. Some of you might be thinking, yippee! No more rules! We can do what we want. Calm down. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law. No, we are still bound by God's moral laws. And we will forever be bound by God's moral laws. Trust me, murder will still be wrong in heaven. The law is not going to pass away and it's okay to choke somebody to death in heaven. I'm not sure if that's possible, but it'd still be wrong. God's moral law is never going to change. It will always be wrong to lie, always be wrong to steal. Second, the law of love is never going to go away. We are forever bound by that law. But many people today outside the church, and it's creeping into the church, have adopted this idea that anything goes. We're under grace, and there's no laws for us. We can do whatever we want. The only law that the world tells us that we can't break, the only rule that is absolute, is not to judge others. Because that is the worst sin ever. Why of all of Jesus' teachings do we single that one out not to judge others and we make that the worst sin ever? I don't know. But there are still rules for us to follow. But the other song, the second song that we sang this morning that I want you to think about 
is that song Inside Out. That one line. God's desire is that we love Him from the inside out. Rules are about imposing restrictions from the outside in. Love is about living for God from the inside out. It's a relationship where we live and do what God wants out of love for Him, not because of fear, not because we're afraid of going to hell, but because we love God so much that we want to live in such a way that we please Him in everything we do. But stick with me. If the love of God has penetrated into your heart, if you have felt God's love and you have received that, listen to me, you will keep rules. If you have been changed by the love of God, you will keep rules. Not in some legalistic, oh, I got to do it sort of way. But from a sense of why wouldn't I want to do what this God that I love wants me to do? Take church attendance, for example. Do we come to church? Are you here today because there's a rule that says you better be in church? By the way, there is a verse in the Bible that tells us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's a command. But did you get up this morning and think, oh man, gotta go to church. It's what God expects. I don't want to, but I better do it. Nobody wants to admit that that's what happened, right? Recently, Trish sent me an email about a concert that she wants to go to. It's coming to town. You can imagine my response when I got the email. Oh, gosh. She wants me to spend time with her. Oh. And I got to pay money for the tickets, too. What a crock. Okay. Got to go and keep her happy. Is that what happened? I never admitted it was, right? What kind of relationship would that be? I'll spend time with you, but I hate it. No, we come to church because it's an opportunity for us to be with the God that we love. Not because, oh, if I don't go, I'll go to hell. Or take something in the opposite, like going to the bar. Can we go to the bar? Can a Christian go to the bar? Now, first, I'll tell you this. In all my years of ministry, I've never met a growing Christian who goes to the bar. That's just the truth. But can we go to the bar if we want to? Of course we can. But that's not the question. Why would you want to? Why would you want to go and hang around with people who hate your God? Doing things, talking about things that are contrary to what your God wants. Can you do it? Of course you can. But why would you want to? 
You see, love doesn't bind us like handcuffs keeping us from doing what we really want to do. You see, that's what's wrong with referring to your wife as a ball and chain. What? You really want to go around and and run around and have a good time, but she won't let you. Is that what you really want to say? No. Love says, I've got what I want right here. Why do I need to be chained up? Now let's talk about the gospel for a moment in terms of our witnessing. Telling others about Jesus. When you go out and tell people about Jesus, when you tell them that they need a relationship with God, what do you say? Well, they better turn away from their sin and start following the rules. That's what they better do. No, we're not called to go out and call people to be rule keepers. We are called to go out and invite people to have a relationship with Jesus. Big difference. You see, inviting people to come and follow rules is not good news. Hey, I've got some wonderful news to share with you today. You better start following God's rules or you're going to hell. Say it with a smile on your face too. No, we want to live in such a way that the people around us know that the driving force in our life is an absolute love for God. Not because we're afraid of going to hell. And when we follow God, we're following Him out of love, not because of rules. You see, if we were to see a woman who was running around behind her husband's back, we would not think that they have a very good relationship. Come on. How many times does the world see us running around behind God's back? Trust me, they don't think you have a good relationship with God then. They need to see an absolute love. You know those people that make us sick because they're all lovey-dovey in public all the time? Right? You see all that Facebook crap. Right? How much they love each other and all that. Right? We need to be that way when it comes to God, though. People absolutely see that we're in love with God. We keep the rules because we want Him. Because we love Him. Not because we hope that God will love us back, but because we've come to realize that God already loved us first. God's desire is to give us a whole new heart. He doesn't want to reform us where we take the same old person and get that person to obey the rules. God wants us to become a whole new person. In Christ. Where we accept this new kingdom. The love that God has provided for us in Christ. If God is calling you today, and you're sitting here and saying, Preacher, I know for a fact I don't have a relationship with Christ. 
good. I'm glad that you recognize that. But don't leave here today without doing something about that. You grab me after the service and say, Preacher, I want to know what I need to do to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, no one's looking around. Let me ask you a couple of questions. In your daily life, do you find yourself worrying more about rules than your relationship with God? What you do because of your faith, is it because of an absolute love for God? Or are you afraid of what's going to happen if you don't? Jesus didn't come to do away with rules. Jesus came to give us a relationship with God where we wouldn't have to be ruled. Where we do it because we want to. Now look at your heart. Can you appoint to a time in your life when you said, I want to turn my life over to God. And I want to trust Him. Not because of who I am, but because of what He's done for me. If you can't point to a time in your life where you've committed your life to Jesus, then you need to do that. Say, God, make me new. Change my heart. So I keep the rules because I want to. Not because I'm afraid not to. Father God, we're thankful for the Gospel and for the joy that it brings in our lives. We're thankful that You love us not because we keep rules, but You love us in spite of the fact that we haven't kept the rules. God, I pray this morning that Your Spirit would convict those who are still on the outside looking in. They still haven't received that new heart. Trying to keep rules and just keep failing. God, give them a new heart. Give them a new life that they want to follow You. And God, as we leave here today, give us a passion to go and tell others about the One that we love. and What He's done for us. Bless us as we go sow some seeds this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.